My name is Miss Annie, and I do a lot of different things around here. I teach preschool, and I get to be in the choirs, and today I get to talk to you guys about the story of Jonah. So um, I do a lot with our kids around here, and I just love them so much. Um, I would love to catch you up on the story of Jonah if you haven't been tracking with our sermon series. So um, does anyone else read the Jesus Storybook Bible? I think it's great for adults, too, because it puts things in a, in a way that you might not have thought of them before. So kids, if you want to come up, I'm going to read a story, and if you want to see the pictures, you're welcome to sit up here. You might know the story of Jonah, but you also might not. So I'm going to read it to you, and I'll show you the pictures, okay? This is called God's Messenger. God had a job for a man called Jonah, but Jonah didn't want the job. Go to Nineveh, God said, and tell your worst enemies that I love them. No, said Jonah. Those are bad people doing bad things. Exactly, said God. They have run far away from me, but I can't stop loving them. I will give them a new start, and I will forgive them. No, said Jonah, they don't deserve it. I'll run away, Jonah said to himself, far away, so far that God won't be able to find me, and then I won't have to do what God says. It's a good plan, he said, because as far as he knew, it was a good plan. Do you think it was a good plan? <laughs> But of course, it wasn't a good plan at all. It was a silly plan. Because if you can run away from God, or because you can run away from God, but he will always come and find you. Jonah went ahead with his not very good plan. One ticket to not Nineveh, please, he said. And he boarded a boat, sailing in the very opposite direction of Nineveh. Well, it wasn't long before a fierce wind blew, and the boat started to lurch and pitch and roll, and everyone started turning green. Jonah sat bolt upright in his bed. You see, the very first thing that went wrong with his not very good plan was that God sent a big storm after him. <coughs> the sailors couldn't sail their ship. We're sinking, they screamed. Jonah knew that the storm was his fault throw me in, and the storm will stop. The sailors weren't sure. It's the only way you can be saved, Jonah cried. So, one, two, three, splash. No sooner had Jonah hit the water than the waves grew calm, the wind died down, and the storm stopped. Just then, when Jonah thought it was all over, when he was sure he was going to drown, God sent a big fish to rescue him. The fish swallowed Jonah whole in one gulp. Jonah must have thought he had died. It was so dark in there, like a tomb. Then he started to smell the rotting food, and he felt the slimy seaweed, and he knew he was not dead. 
he was in the belly of a fish. Sitting there in the darkness for three whole days, Jonah had plenty of time to think. Pretty soon he realized that his plan was, well, a very silly plan indeed. He was sorry for running away from God. He prayed to God from inside the great fish and asked God to forgive him. After three days, the fish spat Jonah safely onto the sandy beach. Just then, Jonah heard someone calling his name. Go to Nineveh, God said. And this time, Jonah said, what do you think he said? Yes. He went straight to Nineveh and told everyone God's wonderful message. Even though you've run far from God, he can't stop loving you, Jonah told them. Run to him so he can forgive you. The people of Nineveh listened to Jonah and they started to love God. They learned to do what God said and to stop running away from him, just like Jonah. Many years later, God was going to send another messenger with the same wonderful message. Like Jonah, he would spend three days in utter darkness. But this messenger was going to be God's own son, he would be called the Word because he himself would be God's message. God's message translated into our own language. Everything God wanted to say to the whole world in one person. Who do you think that person is? Very good. That's pretty good, you guys. So there's the story of Jonah from my favorite kids' Bible. Highly recommend now, I need a volunteer. Hmm. Michael, I was kind of hoping you might help me with this. Would you want to? Okay, can we give Michael a big hand? <laughs> so Michael is going to play tug of war with Miss Annie. Do you know what tug of war is? You pull the rope and you try to get me to come over to your side and I'm going to pull my end of the rope and I'm going to try to get you to come over to my side, okay? Are you very strong? <laughs> okay. Michael's going to pull his hardest and I'm going to pull my hardest. Who's bigger? Huh? <laughs> What's going to happen to Michael if I let go? What's going to happen? Do you think I'm going to let go of you, Michael? No, I won't let go of you. Okay, good job, buddy. <laughs> you can keep this if you want. Do you want to jump up? Michael put up a really good fight, right? He was very strong, and he was trying his hardest. But who is bigger? Miss Annie, I really have confidence, Michael, that one day you're going to be a lot stronger than me. <laughs> but for now, I'm bigger. And I was stronger, right? That's kind of like when we try to wrestle or struggle with God's love. Was it a struggle? Yeah, I had, to, I had to work a little bit, right? It was a struggle. There was some back and forth. But in the end, I was bigger and stronger. God's love is bigger and stronger, even when we put up a fight. Now, I knew... What would have happened if I let go of the rope, guys? Michael would fall back. He would get hurt. Did Miss Annie let him go? 
No. Does God's love ever let go? No. God's love never lets go. Sometimes we want to fuss and fight and struggle with God, and God is patient with us. He lets us do that. But does he ever let go? No, he doesn't. God's love never lets go. Did we see that with Jonah? Did Jonah fuss and fight and make a stink and not want to do what God asked him to do? You guys wouldn't know anything about that, right? You've never fussed or fought or made a stink about anything, have you? Surely not. (laughs) He tried to run away, right? So he tried to pull God his way. And what did God do? He followed him. He stopped him. He even sent him into the belly of a fish. Did God's love ever let Jonah go? No. No, it didn't. Jonah waited three days before crying out to God. Do you think he would have made it three days in the belly of a fish? I think Miss Annie would have lasted about three minutes before I said, Oh, please, God, I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) But God never let Jonah go, even though it was a struggle. So we see this all throughout the Bible. Did you know Israel, Jacob, his name became Israel, his descendants became God's special people. The name Israel, the name that God gave Jacob means to strive or struggle with God. The Bible tells us that Jacob wrestled with God, and when he came out, his name was Israel, struggle or strive. Think about Moses. Did Moses want to lead God's people? Not at first. He said, no, God, I can't do it. I'm not very good at speaking in public. He tried to run away from what God wanted him to do. But did God let go of him? No. Gideon, who led a great, um, well, not a great army, actually. It was, it was a small army, but a, a mighty army. He, God asked him to lead his people into battle, and Gideon said, I don't think so. And then he asked God for repeated signs to say, do you really want me to do that, God? He drug his feet. Do you know what dragging your feet means? It's when you're like, fine, I'll do it. So God is used to people struggling, wrestling, trying to get out of what God wants them to do, huh? This week, I watched a movie about the country music singer Johnny Cash. Anybody in here like Johnny Cash? <laughs> it's, a great, um, it's a great movie. Highly recommend it. It talks about his life and really focuses on his faith. Johnny Cash was somebody who struggled with God. He was raised in a Christian home. He set out to be a gospel singer. And if you know anything about him, you know that his life took many twists and turns. There was addiction and um, poor decisions and hurt and sorrow, but God never left him. That's what I realized through the whole movie, and in the end, he used his platform, his worldwide platform, and he brought it all back to work for God's glory. So he struggled. He tried to pull his end of the rope, but what I saw in the end was that so beautifully he sang songs about Jesus on national television, He made an album from the Holy Land 
Um, he used his platform for the glory of God. There was struggle. There were times when his family probably thought we lost him. But God's love never let him go, and, and it brought him back. It was just amazing to see. So I highly recommend that, that movie. Um, I don't even remember what it's called. Oh, and he ended up being really good friends with Billy Graham later in his life. It, and they did a lot of um, crusading together, and it was amazing. And then once you're going to preach on something, you start seeing it in your life again and again. So even yesterday, I was on social media. <sighs> need to get off of there. <laughs> and I saw some posts from an old friend, and they actually made me really sad. This was a friend that Alex and I knew in college, and we were in campus ministry together. And she was just such a bright light for Christ when we were in college, I don't know, seven, seven years ago, something like that. But when I saw her post yesterday, she was posting that she was in a Christian bookstore, but she was calling it the Moron Bookstore. And she was posting photos of the books making fun of their titles, making fun of the content, just mocking it. And it made me really sad. And there was a part of me that said, well, the enemy won this one. She's gone. My flesh wanted to write her off because I, I saw what she was doing as so hostile and so hopeless feeling, right? And that was my flesh saying, okay, she's gone. But then the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me and said, hang on a second. Your pattern of thinking, you're thinking as if you have no hope. That kind of thinking is what you do when the gospel is not real in your life. So the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks and said, hang on, I can infuse hope into this hopeless-looking situation. My love has not let her go. And I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't just a storybook for thousands of years ago for a prophet and a fish. This is real today. It's real for Johnny Cash. <laughs> it's real for my friend from college. I believe this is her tug of war. She's in the struggle. But is God going to let go of the rope? No, he's not. He never lets go. And so even though things might make you feel sad, even though things might seem hopeless to you, you have to remember that God never lets go. Even when you pull and pull and pull and try to let him, make him let go of his side of the rope, he's bigger, he's stronger, and he's not letting go because his love is just that good. But doesn't it feel good to have someone fight for you? Isn't that what we all want is to know that someone's fighting for us? That someone cares enough to show up and hang on to their end of the rope? It feels good to know that someone, <laughs> the biggest someone, has said, I will fight for you forever. And the truth is, it's a finished fight, right? When Jesus was on the cross and he said, it's finished, he meant it. He fought for us all the way to the death. So we don't have to strive and struggle and fuss and fight like Jonah did. 
Our God is a never letting go, never giving up God. And we can all be so thankful, so thankful for that. So you know what the struggle means? It means that both parties showed up, right? If Michael didn't show up, I wouldn't have anybody to be playing tug of war with, right? So it might not be perfect. Your relationship with God might not be perfect. Your kid's relationship with God might not be perfect. But if there's a struggle, both parties are showing up, and the dialogue is open. And if it's not good, he's not done, right? So take heart. Be filled with hope that our God does not give up on you. And he's not giving up on your spouse. He's not giving up on your kids. He always hangs on, right? So just when you feel a little like that flesh, you want to just say it's hopeless, the enemy won, just ask the Holy Spirit to come and undo that thought pattern and give you a holy thought pattern that's filled with hope. Parents, you know about this the struggle, the kicking and the screaming. <laughs> but do you ever let go? No. And how much more does God love us? Even though we have that big love for our kids, how much more does God love us? Right. So let's pray. Kids, we can wiggle our fingers and put them together. And let's thank God for his patience and that he shows up to struggle with us. Jesus, um, I thank you that you're not afraid of conflict, um, that you fight for us. You fought for us to your death, God. Father, I thank you that you continue to show up. You continue to hold on. You don't let go. And I pray, God, that hearts right now would just be filled with your hope. You know, the hearts that are heavy in this room, just fill them up with your hope, Jesus. Um, and when we see the struggle, when we are tempted to despair, I pray that you would remind us of Jonah and that even though the struggle was there, um, <laughs> it took a fish, God, but you are willing to do anything to not let us go, to hold on to us. And we love you so much for that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.